Worship a moment and just worship. Thank you. Father, we thank you. Father, we praise you. You are the Almighty God. You are the everlasting Father. You are the Prince of Peace. You reign on our supreme deity. The first and the last. He was and he is and he is to come. The Almighty. Blessed be thy name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I say, if I said and I've not done it, if I spoken and I will not fulfill it, said your medical. Yes, Lord, when you spoke, you say it is done. We look at the end of the book, Father God, you say it is finished on the cross. At the end of the book, you say it is done. Hallelujah. What is done? Everything is done. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. Father, we praise you. Father, we exalt you. What about the new Jerusalem? It is done. What about the new heaven and the new world? It is done. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you, Lord. Receive all the glory today, Lord. We bow before you. Whatever you do through us, whatever you do in us, whatever you do for us, let it be all for your glory. Receive all the glory, Lord Jesus Christ. We are nothing without you. We worship you. Speak through my mouth to, today, Lord, to your people and bless every one of us that we gain something and learn something and go home with something from you. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. As usual, that's, I'm going to sit and teach. So I have to see here that you all will be able to see me. I believe it's high enough. Yeah. Praise to the Lord. Oh, not too high. Praise the Lord. Well, I have a higher one in the house. Maybe I will donate it. So next time, if I'm ever coming back to preach, I will have something to sit on that will make me as tall as this when I'm sitting. Praise to the Lord. Now, the, before I forget, I have some books here that, I, that the Lord laid upon my heart many years ago, almost two years now. And I've been bringing them out one by one, and this is the next one. And I have it here. It's, this one is called, let me bring one out. This one is called, I have about 50 here, so it's for the people in the church to pick one. This one is called The Revealed Truth. You can get this on Amazon.com. Not Amazon. Yeah, Amazon.com. This one is called The Revealed Truth. And you can pick it up. You give donation to gospel distribution ministry to participate in what the Lord is doing. Most of these books are for believers. Say, go, say, The Revealed Truth. 
So it is to bring, now let me do a poll. Let me do a poll. I've bought so many books here. Who has read any of, um, any of the books? Which you're sure fans that you have read one. Okay, let's go. I think I'll know that uh, one, two, three, at least three big ones. This is a small one that have been given out here. And people just give donations as the Lord leads you. But if you go, I have to buy it also. This one that you have there. I, you are the, I compile this. It's not really, you can't call this, this is the author. I compile it because just say, put these sermons together, put them in book form. So I compile it and then I have to buy it from Amazon. They call it uh, author's price. That's how much it costs them to, to print one of them, to preach each one. So you say, well, it is going to cost us $2 to print this one. Then how much do you want to sell it? So I can say, well, sell it for $5. Then I buy from them for $2. $2. So I have 50 there. This is a donation to the people that are here. So as the Lord leads you, you can just write it. If you give check to gospel distribution ministry, you are participating in what the Lord is giving out. Because this is for the body of Christ. Say, why don't you give it out? I'm giving it out, really. But see, I don't know many people in the world. I only know the people that are in my contact list. So that's why we actually put it on Amazon for them to get access to it. Praise the Lord. So that is, by the way, you can take it as you do your donation or offering, pick one and give it to somebody else. But 50, I think we are more than 50 here for the adults. But the most important thing is take time to read it. Praise the Lord. Take time to read these things to build you up. Praise the Lord. Now, what I want to share today is the leading the Lord. The leading of the Lord. And I've, we have prayed this before in many forms. And I pray that the Lord will lead me to give something that will edify everybody here. When we say the leading of the Lord, uh, this time I'm going to classify into direct leading and indirect leading. Direct leading and indirect leading. So the direct leading is when you see dreams, visions, angels visit you, or the Lord actually speaks to you, you hear a voice, those are direct leading. And they are spectacular, spectacular is what people call it, spectacular way of the Lord leading you. But you have to remember, those are one in a lifetime, twice in many years. If you look at the stories in the Bible, most of those leading of the Lord that comes to prophets, you may count it, take of Abraham. Think of Abraham and go and get the Bible and read through. Abraham lived for 150 years or 175 years. For that 175 years, do you know how many times the Lord spoke to him? You can count it on your fingers. For 175 years, spoke to him directly. Even the one we say visions, dreams. You can count it on your fingers. So it's not like a day by day, once in a year thing. You may, you may see an angel, you may never see an angel. You may hear the Lord speak to you audibly, you may never hear that. But don't seek for those. Because if you are a believer, he has put something in our heart that is called the Holy Spirit. That will lead us through that still small voice. Which is also speaking to you. 
But there's some that are called indirect leading that I'm going to really talk about today. That's what I'm going to talk about today. Because the prophets can say, the word of the Lord came to me. But those are direct leading. They heard something. Either a voice or a vision of the eyes, but they heard something. That is called direct leading. The indirect leading is what I'm going to talk about today. What do you mean by indirect? Even unbelievers, when I was an unbeliever, when you are an unbeliever, the Lord was walking in the background to bring you closer to himself. No, but these are indirect leading. And I will give testimonies. Even in the Bible, there are many indirect leading that we see there. And then testimonies of ourselves, we can say, well, this is indirect. If the Lord puts something in your heart, that looks like an idea. This looks like an idea. And you say, well, that's a good idea. And you went and implemented it. That's indirect leading. That's what I'm talking about. Those are the type of indirect leading. Let me give you a, a, a very good example. Take the story of... Where do I want to start? Abraham. Abraham, after Isaac was born, Abraham realized that uh, Isaac was not old enough to have a wife. Isaac was 40 years old. Abraham called his servant and made him to swear that he was going to go back to Mesopotamia, where he came from, and get a wife for his son Isaac. Now, that was just Abraham talking to this man, and the man decided to go. And he went. But when you see in the Bible how the Lord led that servant of Abraham, that was indirect leading. How did the Lord lead him? He got to the place, an idea came to him. And he said, Oh Lord God of Abraham. You know, that man was not classified as a prophet. Neither was even classified to be worshiping God, but he has been around Abraham for quite some time. So he said, oh, Lord God of my, my master Abraham, if you, have, if, you are, if you show mercy unto us today, I'm going to sit by the well here and let the woman that come forward to drink, to draw water, and I will say to that woman, see, God put that in his heart, the steps to take. See, I will say to that woman, oh, give me water to drink. See, let that woman voluntarily give me water and also give this camels water. Where you say, that looked like impossible. Also. But that was really what happened. How did that formulate? God put it in his heart. That is called indirect leading. So that's the type of leading I'm going to talk about today. Because there are so many ways the Lord has been leading people, even in some people. With that, we will call classified. If you are a believer now, you may say, is that a still small voice? No, that's not still small voice. That is not a... The Holy Spirit talking to you is just, he put an idea, an impression into your heart that you will do. And that is ever happening in the world, true men. When the angel told us in the book of Daniel chapter 12, I said, knowledge shall be increased. That was how the Lord gave the knowledge to mankind. And who are the people that are seeing that I am getting this knowledge? Not holy people, not, not uh, religious people. Scientists, they study, they work all night trying to figure this thing out. And they put some ideas into their hearts. 
When I say the Lord, it's not the Lord running around. It's angels everywhere to do this work. Okay. So those are indirect leading. So it's not limited to only believers. But see, you need to take advantage of it. And there are some things I'm going to use to summarize it. That when you finally, you as a child of God, when you know that this is the Lord that is doing this for you, through you, in you, give him all the praise. Amen. And he will do more, and he will do more, and he will do more. So I just gave you the story of example of Abraham also. Well, let's talk about his story like uh, Rahab the Harlot. Joshua chapter 2. Let's go to Joshua chapter 2, verse 1. Joshua chapter 2, verse 1. Now, you will see the story of this Rahab the Harlot. You see, the Israelites, they got to the place called Next to Jericho. Yes, Jericho, and they just crossed the river Jordan and they camped next to Jericho. And Joshua called two young. You have to remember Joshua was about 80 something years old. Awesome. So he was older than almost only two of them. It's Joshua and Caleb, 84, 85 by the time they were about, they were crossing over. And he told he called two young men, so you can think those two young men, because the next person to Abraham, to Joshua and Claire will be at least 60, not, not older than 60, according to the cost that was put upon them. The, all the older people were dead in the wilderness. So the youngest was 20 and, uh, 20 and under. By that time, so they will be 60 and under. So Joshua called two young men, sent them to spy the land. So you think this should be about 30-year-old and 20-something-year-old. But did he tell them to go and find an allot? No. Did he tell them that when you get to the city, somebody will help you out? No. But how come this young man went to that house of the allot? Or how come it was Rehab the harlot? Because there will be so many allots in that scorched city also. So that is what we call indirect leading that the Lord did for those young men. Because they actually went in there to save that woman, Rehab. You say, well, how did you say that? Well, that was not reported that way, but when you look back, who was Rehab? Do you know Rehab became the great-great-grandmother of David the king? You didn't know that? How come the Lord used this indirect leading? David said, thou hast caught Rehab. You wonder, what does that mean? That verse in the, in the book of Psalms, that was caught Rehab. It's referring to something that was mystery. God sent two spies there to save this woman, Rehab, who was Canaanite also, who was an adult also. But she feared God. How come, how do you know she feared God? Just look at the history. All of them in that city have heard about the Israelites. That the God of these people divided the Red Sea. They heard about it 40 years ago, that happened. Also, 40 something years ago, that happened. Maybe they were just 20 something. They heard the story that God, their God was doing great and wonders. So maybe she was an unbeliever, non believing anything about religion, but they have their own idol in that city. Because it was Jericho, they were worshiping their own idols, they have their own God. But they are hearing that they say, another God that is mighty, that is doing wonders, and is bringing these people, and he has promised that all this land belongs to these people. 
They are going to destroy all of us here. Yeah. Look like a legend. That was 40 years ago that happened. He now at the border. These people are now at our border. So if you are the one, you fear this. She didn't believe in all those idols, so that's why she was an so A religious person won't go into that trade. Now she knew that that must be the true God. That divided the Red Sea. They said he did that. They said he did that. They said he did that. He did that in Egypt. Now she had the opportunity to, to be part of that God. That is really what it is. An opportunity to be part of that God. That's why I say she had faith in God. Because you can, you, you can have faith in God and still be a sinner. You can have faith in God and still be a sinner. So what I was now trying to point out was that these two spies actually they went into that city to spy actually to save Rehab. Because when she was brought out, you can read the whole story of Joshua chapter 2, how she pleaded with these spies and saved them. And then they promised her that if you bring all your family, a daddy, a mother, and all that could squeeze themselves into her house, and we will show mercy to you too. And Joshua agreed when the young man came back and said, this is what happened to us. And the Lord saved them. But he said, after she came into their midst, she married and married and then gave birth. And that became the lion of King David. Go and search for that. And you see that in the book of uh, Matthew chapter 1, verse 5, even listed the name Rehab. Okay, what, 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 what come up? I'm talking about indirect leading of the Lord. That was an indirect leading led those two spies to that woman. And the woman was delivered. So that's an indirect leading. Let me give you another example of indirect leading. What's this leading us to? To make it to such a self that many times the Lord is leading you and you may not really hear a voice. There's a minister that said one, we said, the Lord told him that my people are waiting for this spectacular and then you visited them. That's what many people are waiting for. Think of people that are looking for a wife. They want the Lord to show them the wife. What are they thinking? They are thinking of the Lord show them the wife either in a vision, a dream, or an angel visited them, or something like that. But the Lord can be talking to you. Yeah, he can also even lead you by, you just see, you just feel, I like this one. And it could still be the Lord, see. But I'm going to give you some pointers in the last, when I come to the lessons. Because what, when, when, I, when I look at, back at my own life, I can say, well, the Lord did that for me one way or the other, there must be a peace. A peace. There must be a peace that goes along with it. Let me just throw in one quick testimony. When I was coming to this country, and I was, the Lord told me to come, and, and I said, well, when I get to the airport, what will I tell them? I already visited two times, but now I was going to visit for a long, I wanted to, I wanted to come to the airport and ask for a visa for six months. Six months? Well, that's serious, because I was using B1 visa, visitor visa. I said, when I go to the airport, I'm going to ask for six months visa. Why did I ask for six months? Because I already came before a visitor and they told me that, oh, this green card thing, it might take about six months to get approval. Okay, so I was asking for six months. 
And then when I was thinking about it, I said, what will I tell them at the airport? Ideas were flying above my head and I almost blew sleep. Ideas, ideas, ideas. Those are all the ideas that the devil, that's why if you're trying to seek for voices, it's dangerous. The devil will accommodate you, can confuse you. When it comes to bed, say the indirect leading of the Lord, what I'm trying to point out is that when the Lord wants to throw in his own word, and I call it direct leading, he will give you peace. So while those ideas were forming, the Lord just spoke and said, tell them you are a minister of the gospel and you are going to be preaching around all over the country. And there was a peace that came with that. A peace. When you feel that peace, then that is from the Lord. All the others will not give you peace. All the other ideas will not give you peace. So that is one, one pointer that I will, point, I will give out to you that when you say the leading of the Lord, the same way if you are trying to do investment, if you are trying to do investment, and those are those they don't think the Lord has to show you a vision. I go buy that property. That's after you choose to show you a vision. Or go buy that airplane and begin to fly around and you make money. That's have to show you a vision. But you can put the idea in your heart. But if the idea is just coming from your head and you are going to regret it, there will be no peace. If you have the Holy Spirit in you, the Holy Spirit comes with peace. So that is the first thing you should search for. Do I have peace with this suggestion? That peace means that it is from the Lord. Because it gives it peace. Amen. So that's just by the way. Now here is another example of the story of, I just told you the story of Rehab. What about Mordecai? So when you compare all these examples of how the Lord leads people, just think about yourself that maybe you never realized it was the Lord that led you there or it was the Lord that led you there and then give him praise and honor because you will do more. Think of Mordecai the Jew. They were all exiles in uh, Persia, Babylon, all those time. And Mordecai the Jew heard because he was working as a gate man in the palace of this king in, in the days of the Persia kingdom. And Mordecai heard that the queen of that king, Queen Vashti, because you can look at that in the book of Esther. They wanted to depose, the, they already deposed the queen. She was not to come before the king anymore because of what she did. I didn't need to go into the story. But now there was going to be a beauty contest. And they're going to choose another queen. And Mordecai heard about that. Do you think Mordecai had a dream of vision that this thing, she, God must have put the idea in his heart. Mordecai had a niece that she, he raised that niece up when the parents died, maybe during the time of something, the parents died and she took over this, he took over the young girl, niece, and raised her up, and she was pretty. Now she heard that the king is looking for another queen. Say, wait, my niece is qualified to be the best beautiful person in town. So the Lord put the idea in Mordecai's heart. He does not need a vision, an angel say, do this, you save your Israel, you save your people Israel. No, God just put the idea in his heart. And he told, he told Esther that you are going to do this. It was between him and his niece. He said, the Jews must not hear about this. The Jews must not, because that is like a, a scandal. A religious person will never do that, or they will not even say, it's a scandal. What do you mean by scandal? She was not just going to do a beauty contest. They have to sleep with the king, for the king to choose 
who is going to be the next queen. And if the king didn't choose you, then you became just a, one of the women. Queens, king's prostitutes, let's call it that. The house of women. Oh, religious person will allow his niece or his son, his daughter, to go and participate in that. But see, God put this thing in his heart, Mordecai. That's why he told, he told Esther, don't tell anybody among us here. It's just between me and you. And he sneaked her into the palace to participate. And we know the end of the rest. See, but that is called indirectly because the Lord did that to save the Jews. When you get back to the rest of the story, by being chosen, which is by the hand of God, to be the queen when there was an edict to kill all the Jews, she was the one that saved them, being the queen, through that influence. But see, that was how the Lord worked, indirect leading. And the Lord could have been leading you indirectly, and you never really realized it was the Lord doing that, but know that the Lord leads that way also, without you hearing the war. Now, let's talk about Elijah the prophet, 1 Kings chapter 17. I've been telling you stories without pointing to the Bible. Let's go to 1 Kings chapter 17. Now, in this story of Elijah the prophet, it was... Elijah, we know, is a prophet, so he could hear from God. But look at what happened by the time the brook dried up. The book, the brook dried up. And the Lord told Elijah that, well, get up, go to the city called Sarepta. Or Sarepta. Sarepta. That should be, let's go through step by step. First Kings chapter 17, start from verse 1. So Elijah went to this, to the king and told him that there will be no more rain. Okay, next verse 2. So the word of the Lord came to, now when the word of the Lord came to individual people like Elijah, that was directly. Okay, now the next verse 3 said, God told him to go and hide by the brook, Sherid. So he went there and was hiding there. And the Lord said, I, will, I have commanded, God always said, I have, not that I will. I have commanded the ravens to feed you. And let's not talk about the ravens, because you wonder, how did the Lord lead the ravens there? Indirectly, God can speak to them. Okay, I was telling somebody, I said, you know, it's just like a meditate on this. Do you know that trees can speak? Well, bushes that you think they are forest bushes. You know they can speak? Think about it. I just meditate on that. Because the Almighty God can hear what they are saying, but we, we can't hear. Because they look at their inanimate, they couldn't walk, they couldn't talk, they couldn't do anything. So that's by the way, if God can talk to ravens also, he led them indirectly. He can come to this tree. The logic can say, even stones will cry out also. So that's just by the way. But let me just go forward. And when the brook dried, the Lord told him, go up, go to the city, or yeah, the city called Sarephath, not Sarephath, Sarephath, which belonged to Sidon, and dwell there. I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. Now, if you and I are going to think like uh, we always love it to be so easy, we thought, well, there must be a very rich 
widow woman that has a lot of money, a lot of food, that God has already said, I've commanded her to sustain you. But see, when you go there, you know the whole story. The widow woman was completely having nothing. Nothing left. They said, God said, I've commanded her. But they said, the indirect lady is what I want to talk about today. How did that widow woman, we know that Elijah was a prophet, so God can lead the prophet here. He came by there. But the, the, the point I want to make in this particular story is when the Lord spoke to Elijah by that brook, share it. He said, near Jordan, that was on the east side of Israel. Sidon was on the west side. So if you are going to go from there and go to Sarephat, it's going to take hours, if not a day or two. You know, they don't have jet plane or cars, so he was going to work. So let's say he started working from 8 a.m. He's going to get there by 4 p.m., something like that. Let's say, to show that the Lord is orchestrating this thing, the woman was at the right spot when Elijah came to the gate. No record that Elijah got there and was waiting. I couldn't see any widow woman for the next two hours, no. He got to the gate while the woman was there picking the trees. So, but the Lord told the woman, because I have commanded the widow woman. The widow woman could have had a dream that things were bad, they were all going to die. She was crying unto God because she believed in this God of heaven. And God could have shown her a dream. She perhaps didn't understand what the dream meant. Maybe she saw a dream. This is just maybe. Maybe she saw a dream of somebody living with them and they were comforted, they didn't die. But that was, you know, you can have a dream, everything is going to be fine, but you wake up in the morning, you'll face reality. Also, the reality is facing you in the face. Where I'm looking for how to get my rent paid, you're crying unto God, and you've had a dream that something happened, you were able to successfully pay the rent. But you woke up in the morning, and still there. The bill is still facing you. So the woman could have had a dream, but no hope when she got in the morning, but you know, two days later, three days later, the Somehow, the idea came, that's the indirect lady, to go pick up some tree, to sticks and make something for herself. And it was the right time that she was getting there that Elijah got to the place and said, that's the widow woman. Elijah had to just take the step and say, and you know the rest of the story, can you give me some water? Well, that's no problem. We have water, only we have no food. And she was about to go get one. I said, well, help me get some, just a bread, a little piece of bread. I said, oh, wait a minute. You're asking for too much now. Don't you know what's going on? I have just take pick up these sticks to prepare the last meal for me and my son. And then we thought we were going to die. But Elijah was the one that said there should be no rain. So Elijah said, well, go and do what you said, but bring me something first, because first said the Lord God of Israel. Nobody's dying between me and you. We are going to. So he prophesied and there was peace. So what we are saying is the leading of the Lord that is going direct for that woman to come miserable, perplexed, everything is all hopeless, hopeless. And God there when Elijah got there. And that leading of the Lord. Let's take another example of Acts of the Apostles. Remember the story of uh, Philip the Evangelist. In Acts of the Apostles, chapter 8, uh, Philip the Evangelist had been to Samaria and did signs and wonders and everything was going fine. Praise God. 
And then the angel of the Lord told him, in a dream, perhaps in a vision, rise up from this uh, revival, go down south to the road that goes from Jerusalem to Gaza. And he went. That was the first instruction. Nothing was said about what he was going to do there, but he just took off because he was being led directly. So it's easy to be led directly when you are a minister of God. When you have the Holy Ghost, God can talk to you. But this indirectly is what we are trying to talk about. Now, he got to that road and saw a caravan, maybe a, car, a, a donkey pulling a cart. And this Enoch of Ethiopia was in that donkey. And there was a timing. See, that is one other thing I'm going to point out when it comes to direct leading or indirect. When the Lord is doing the indirect leading, there's a timing involved. Suppose Philip has said, well, okay, I have to go tomorrow. No, God didn't say tomorrow. When he told you to go, that's when you go. And now the Enoch of Ethiopia was coming from Jerusalem, a very wealthy person, and was reading. What made the man reading the book of Isaiah that, at that same time? The leading of the Lord indirectly. Maybe they got to this area where Mr. Philip the Evangelist was going to intersect them. Maybe somehow they said, well, let's just use the, you know, it's safe right here, you know, people are traveling, they might want to urinate. Also. Maybe the driver of the, of the caravan wants to urinate. Okay, well, go ahead and urinate. Just go to the side of the road. Maybe something like that was happening. That made them to be waiting there. By the time Eli, um, Philip the Evangelist got to the, the angel said, Go join yourself to that channel. You see, he said he ran to go meet them. Before they started running again, before they started moving again, he ran to go meet them. So they said the indirect leading was that this Enoch of Ethiopia, they were coming there at the same time uh, Philip Evangelist was meeting them at that intersection. And he was reading the book of Isaiah the prophet at the same time when Mr. Philip was passing by, the same spot that he was going to use to start the discussion. Timing, yes. Indirect leading of the people that are not hearing from God directly, yes. But the time is very involved when the Lord says, do something, do it at the time he said do it. No delay. Praise the Lord. Now I have talked about this and example and story. These are all things that we can learn from that. When the Lord is telling, leading you and me, very important for you to know that when he puts an idea in your heart, like a, a step to do, do it. Not just the one that you say, remember, you say, the Mary, the mother of Jesus, say, whatever he said unto you, do it. The same way, if the Lord put an idea in your heart, I remember one day, the Lord visited me in a vision, and he was telling me what this person needs to do, what this person is lacking, what that person is lacking, and he said, what about me? And he said, you just follow what comes to your spirit. And I point out about that, follow what comes to your spirit, is what I'm saying. Idea that he puts in your heart is what comes to your spirit. When I started the Gospel Division Evangelical GDV TV, I didn't see a dream of vision, he just put it in my heart. That is what comes to my spirit. And I just begin to act on it. 
when I, I've given this testimony before when I was in Nigeria and I said, uh, well, I'm going to get a car loan and he put the idea in my heart, not a dream, but a vision. Idea in my heart and said, hey, use that car loan to buy a Jeep to be preaching about. Oh, that's a good idea. Those are the things say, what, do whatever comes to your spirit. It is the Lord. It's going to put idea in your heart and it was going to bless you. And that is what he said. And you too, do whatever he puts in your heart. Idea that look like a, is it just for secular things? Not just for religious things, even for secular things, for your investment, for what are you? As a young man, I said he was applying to colleges for medical school. Many times we may apply to 150. But suppose the Lord calculates, put one particular one, you don't have to waste because someone lose You have to pay money, pay money, pay money, pay money for me. I remember when my son was applying. Yes, she has to pay money for this. Pay money for application, maybe $50 for this. How would you like it if God has hired a project? Yeah, well, just this one. And you go for that, but you don't have to waste all the other money for those applications. So follow that which he puts in your spirit, what he told me in that future. And from that time, I've been following that. I was saying he wanted me to do, and then I wanted to point another clue for you. When he puts idea in your heart, if you are, if you are contemplating reluctant, you are not taking the steps, then there will be a burden. That means you are not following what he tells you to do. That's why I mean, my indirect reading, yes, it's an idea that comes to your heart, yes, but if you don't take the step and you have the Holy Spirit, he put a board in. I just couldn't check it off of your mind. And that is an example that I have, a testimony of that where I was many years ago. He put that idea in my heart, buy an apartment complex. Apartment complex, you have to go to the bank to get loans. So I was kind of uh, hesitating. I don't like being in debt. And I was scared in America that he can be in debt and be, and, be, and be bond. But he put that idea in my heart. So I kept putting it up, but I couldn't, I couldn't shake it off. That's why I say there be a body. A body that, but before I said, if you have an idea and you take steps or you consider saying, that's a good idea, it will give you a peace. But if you are putting it away, no. Then if he is not put, he put a body on you. Look like I can't shake this thing off. So I started looking. Me and my wife went to Tempe. Well, this is close to our university. Maybe you can, how much I listen to uh, We don't like that. But I wanted to pull it off. It came by body. Until I finally bought one, 2003, something like that. But, uh, and then in the end, that worked out. When we sold it, we got good profit. So that is what I'm talking about. That when it comes with an idea and you don't take the steps, then there will be a burden, if you have the Holy Ghost, of course, a burden that, do it, do it, and you just couldn't shake it off. But if you take the step because you agree with that idea, there will be a peace to say that it is the right one. Praise the Lord. So that's just for you to see how the Lord put a, a, a barometer, I call it, in our, in our belly. Now, think another example here that I say, indirect leading of the Lord. Think of how King Saul became King Saul. First Samuel chapter 9. What happened? Saul or the Israelites already planning, they already said to the to Prophet Samuel that we want a king. We don't want just to be by ourselves without nobody leading us. 
Only when a prophet like Samuel came up, they know they wanted a king. So Samuel asked, agitated with them, said, no, we want a king. Okay. So Samuel said, okay, everybody go home, and we, and we see how the Lord is going to do this. So he was going to become the kingmaker. So, oh Lord, what am I going to do? How do I select a king for these people? Now look at how the Lord led Saul to Simon. The donkey of Saul's daddy, the donkey just ran away. Maybe they have some houses or donkeys that run away. Indirectly, yeah. And the father of Saul told him, that, hey, take one of the servants and go look for this house. So they went from city to city looking for these two, three or four donkeys that ran away. And you can see how the Lord can easily do that. Make an angel send these donkeys away this way and why these people went this way. And the donkeys came back home past. And they were still going from city to city to city to city. And somehow, this servant of the of Saul said, well, let's go back home. Three days, we have not seen this donkey. He said, well, you know, this town where we got to right now, they said there was a seer over here. The prophet is seer. They call him seer. Somebody can, can see things. And he, he was reputed. Let's go to meet him. He might tell us where this donkey is at. Oh, well, convince him that I have some money I'll give to this one. Okay, let's go. So that was how the Lord led Saul indirectly to go and meet Samuel the prophet. It's amazing God that we worship him. Amazing God that we are worshiping. Amazing God that we are worshiping. You may think how you, how you found your wife. You may not know that the Lord was leading you. If you begin to try to think about it, how did you meet that man? You may think, well, no, but it should be in the right lady. And those are all the things the Lord uses all the time, in the right lady. In the right lady. But you can see, for the prophets, Samuel was able to say, the Lord told Samuel a day before Saul came, I'm going to send a man to you from the tribe of Benjamin, whom you are going to anoint to be the captain over my people, Israel. God already told Samuel that in the year of the year, a day before. So Samuel was going down to where he was going on that second day. He saw this man and his servant coming by. And he just said, oh, sir, can you tell us where the seer is? And by the time Samuel saw them coming, the Lord said, that's the man. Well, that's the prophet can hear also. They have the, the gifts. But Saul was not hearing anything. He was just going like any human being. So a stranger we were looking for a seer. You know where the seer is? I am the seer. Follow me, I will tell you everything in your heart. Because you already have God. We, we all want to be like someone also. Everybody wants that. That's why we are looking for that spectacular. God does not do it for everybody. It's only for a purpose. For it. So that's why don't be looking for spectacular. Follow that guidance that he has put in your heart if you are a believer. It's much more amplified when you are a believer than an unbeliever that I just mentioned. Saul was an unbeliever at this time, but God had a purpose. But God has been leading human beings through all these angels with that indirect leading over the years. Like I said, all this knowledge shall be increased that was prophesied to us in the Bible. Who are the people finding knowledge? It's not the only people. It is the unbeliever that are searching research, and God just gave them the knowledge of science, reveal to them how to make this happen, reveal to them how to make this, you go into the ground, you, 
you dig and you see something material and say, well, that, how can you make it? This is silicon. Well, how can, we, how can we use this silicon? Knowledge, God gave them what to do with silicon. And now we have computers. Knowledge has been increased. It's not only people that are finding knowledge. God is just distributing things and giving it to man because he created his source. He created man here for a purpose. So the leading of the Lord that we are saying, this indirect leading, is almost universal. But for we believers, acknowledge the Lord in all your ways as I wrap it up. Like I say, after you have looked at yourself and say, yeah, the Lord must have led me to do this. Look at how I finally was successful. The Lord led me that way. Even when we do not know him, he knew us and he was leading us. So many times to himself. Many times to himself. So that when you finally know that it is the Lord, you will be giving him the glory and the praise. Praise the Lord. So acknowledge him in all your ways. And like I said, respond when the idea comes to you that is because he said he has put the Holy Ghost in us and said, counsel us, to counsel us. So that is another addition. That's like a benefit for we believers. The Spirit of God in us is a counsel that can counsel us. So when you put the idea in your heart, respond to that idea and there's a thought in it, there's a time involved. If you delay, like today, opportunity, knocking on the door, if you, people say once lost, it can never be regained. There are many things that could be like that, opportunities. So you need to act when it comes to you. And I say, oh, you know whether this is from the law or this is from your head or from the confusing spirits. Because a point is that don't seek for voices. People want to be led by the spectacular way to hear a voice, to see a vision, to see a dream, to see an Indian manifest and so on and so forth. If you are seeking those, the devil can easily accommodate you for that and give you so many confusing voices. I remember a testimony when we were still in college. I never, this never get out of my mind. This brother, one of the leaders in the SU, you know this, one of the leaders that when we all, I was just in the congregation listening to them, learning from them. But this brother, when he gave his testimony, he was looking for a wife among the brethren, among the, and he was so sure a dream or a vision that he said, yes, this is the Lord. So he went to the sister X, told her, the Lord said. And I said, no. Brother K and brother M, they said the same thing. <gasps> Two people have come to her, saying the Lord told them. She. The brother said, something is wrong. This is a leader in the congregation, a leader. People that have peace, that we are just joining their fellowship, we will be looking up to them because they are the one preaching, teaching. So the brother said he prayed and prayed and prayed. Maybe he saw another vision. Some months later, was. these are people that are older than us in the fellowship. And he saw, and he said he went to another sister, so, so, and so, and because he was so sure this must be right. And I would say, no. Brother K and M did similar things. They said the Lord told them. So now there was confusion. The brother said, what the devil was trying to do was to make people not believe anything anymore. The brother was giving this testimony after he was delivered in the fellowship, many, almost a year later. He said, from that time forward, he didn't believe in dreams. He didn't believe in vision. If anybody came forward and said the Lord told them or prophesied, he became skeptical. 
What was that? The devil is trying to blow you out of the fellowship of a believing God. That was the purpose of the devil. The devil can use confusion like that. But the day he was delivered was when he was saying it. Deliver from all those confusing things that make him want to even believe anything anymore. A leader in fellowship and no believe anything anymore. Yeah. Say, Don't say the Lord, he prophesied. Just didn't tell him, but he didn't believe it. Because he has run into two or three confusing dreams and visions, and he couldn't say it was the devil that was doing those. That is why we said, if you are waiting for voices and listening for voices and to lead you, the devil will jump in to give you voices that will confuse you. You see, when you shake the voice with the word of God, we always tell people that, make sure it line with the word of God. Well, how will you line that one with the word of God? How will you line that one with the word of God? This sister, which word of God tells you that it's not that sister? So there's some gray area where you we say line it up with the word of God. There are some things you can line up with the word to see what does the word of God say about this. They're not like choices. Like I say, an idea comes to you or you had a dream that this is to be buy this property. You'll be you don't regret it. How will you line that with the word of God? Does the word of God say that property X must not be bought? No. But you want to be led by the Spirit of God, so you need to be familiar with the Spirit. That's why we say, if the peace comes, that's my, my tap in to you now. Because from my experience, when the Lord came with that, his soul opinion, there was a peace. And I recognized that peace. That all the other voices kept saying that peace. I said, well, you watch for that peace when he tells you something. Because you want to say, well, lining with the word of God. The word, I say, the word of God is specific on things that has to do with the kingdom. The things that have to do with your day-to-day activities, that has to do with whether you choose this or choose that. There's no word of God that you can point to, but you can point to peace of God, a pastor understanding that he has given to you that should keep you in check. And then if you keep having the burden, you know that maybe you're actually not taking the step you want to take. And I say, time is of essence. Take, for example, I say, well, if you're going to go and invest, time is of essence. If you don't take the step, somebody else will buy it also. So that's what sometimes some of those lean of the Lord is time dependent. Praise the Lord. So those are the pointers I'm going to leave you with. Like I said, that will be the end of this exhortation. I pray that you learn a little bit from it. And there are many other texts, examples, examples in the scriptures that you can use to look at this, look at the time Prophet Samuel was to go and choose David the king in his father's house. And he got there, but uh, some things that don't seem to be working. And I said, well, where are all your sons? They brought all the sons except they didn't bring the youngest one. And the Lord waited. He said, sometimes the Lord does things to surprise us because he wants us to, because sometimes it's surprise. It's what the Lord uses. And we call it a, you have to walk by faith many times. But let's stand up. We're going to wrap it up. And I want to just talk to the Lord yourself and say, Lord, maybe you have been led somehow. You've missed opportunity. You do not know. Maybe there are some times you should have taken some steps. You didn't really take the step. And uh, when you look back, you may, you may be regretting or you may say, well, thank God the Lord delivered me from that. There are many things like that. I have many testimonies like that. In my life, this little life I have, I went to go and buy something somewhere there, and the Lord more or less blocked it. 
his own way. So there are many ways the Lord can block you if you are going to take the wrong step. He can block it. So that's another way you can guess. But see, the Lord is leading. He's talking. Now talk to him. Just talk to him and say, Lord, I want to be led by you. Like we say, as men as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. I want to hear, yeah, but I don't want to be seeking voices. That is dangerous and delicate. But you have put something in my heart, the Holy Spirit, that is to guide me. Help me to be sensitive to that. Sensitive to when you are nudging me to do something. God does not make you do something. He does not force you. It's a nudge. It's a nudge. It's a nudge. And when you feel that nudge, take the steps, you will see, you give it yeah, Keep going. Keep going. And that's what you want to say. Lord, help me to recognize it. In all this maze of the world, it's like a maze. I want to get that in, let's say. There's some blockage, but if I go like this, I might get to it. So it's like a maze. Lead me, Lord. And he wants to lead us because that's what the Father wants to do for his son. Talk to him. Father, I thank you, Lord. As, you, as I surrender my life to you, I want to be led by thee, Lord. Help us to be led by thee in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and help us to hear and to obey. Like I said, respond. Don't delay. Help us to obey. And Lord, if we are taking too long to, to do what you want us to do, put some nudge, further nudge. Lord, we give you permission to nudge us further. In the name of Holy Spirit, until we get the good result we want.